Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Unknown Serial Killers. Welcome back. Did you miss me? I know you did because you didn't get your fix of Unknown Serial Killers this week. I know, I'm late, so sorry, but here we are today. Um, If you are new here, please go and check out all four seasons of this awesomeness show called Unknown Serial Killers. Um, of course, you don't want to miss any of these episodes because they're just that great. Viewers' discretion is advised, of course, because we are talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use. But of course, we're talking about murder and violence because this is what we're here for. This week, we are talking about Arthur Shaw Cross, a.k.a. the Genesis River Killer. Let's just get into it. Arthur John Shawcross was born in Kittery, Maine, the first of four children of Arthur Roy Shawcross and Elizabeth Betsy Shawcross. His family moved to Watertown, New York when he was young. While several later tests showed his intelligence was to be subnormal or even borderline retarded, Shawcross received A's and B's in his first two years of grade school, but was later tested to have an IQ of 86 signifying below average intelligence. Sean Cross said throughout his childhood, he was a frequent bedwetter, which is one part of a McDonald tirade. He literally claimed his mother performed oral sex on him for several years, starting when he was age seven, and that during junior high school, he had sexual relations with his sister. Sean Cross had a reputation at school as a bully and would frequently act out violently. He dropped out of high school in 1960. In April 1967, at age 21, Shawcross was drafted into the United States Army. At at this time, he divorced his first wife and gave up his rights to his 18-month-old son, whom he never saw again. He served one tour of duty with the 4th Supply and Transport Company of the 4th Infirmary Division in Vietnam. He later boasted of combat exploits such as beheading Mama Sands and nailing their heads to trees as a warning to the vet con and engaging in cannibalism. In reality, he never served in a combat position. After the war, Sean Cross was stationed at Fort Sill in Lawton, Oklahoma as an armory. His second wife, Linda, experienced several aspects of his disturbing behavior, especially his pensions for starting fires. An army psychiatrist told her that Sean Cross derived sexual arousal from setting fires. After his discharge from the army, Sean Cross moved with Linda from Oakland to Clayton, New York. Linda would soon divorce him, after which he began committing crimes such as arson and burglary. Sean Cross's offenses earned him a five-year sentence in Attica Correctional Facility and later Auburn Correctional Facility. After serving 22 months, he was granted an early release in October 1971, in part due to his role in the rescue of a correctional officer during a prison riot. Sean Cross returned to his hometown of Watertown, New York, eventually getting a job with the Watertown Public Works Department and Marion for the third time. So that was a a lot to, to take in. Um, who gives up the right to their 18-month-old child? Um, I know a lot of people do, 
but I'm just saying he is 18 months and why would you never want to see him again um you already knew there was a problem with the early life his mom was sexual sexually molesting him and then he engaged in sexual intercourse with his sister and that's yeah that's definitely some incest and it will stir up some deep scars as he gets older on may 7th 1972 he raped and killed his first known victim 10 year old jack owen blake after luring the boy into a wooded area in watertown blake's body was not found until authorities received a tip by telephone on september 5th on september 2nd just prior to the body's discovery, Sean Cross raped and killed eight-year-old Karen Ann Hill, who had been visiting Watertown with her mother for the Labor Day weekend. He was arrested the next day. Again, jury indicted Sean Cross for murder in Hill's death. On October 17, 1972, he was allowed to plead guilty to a lesser charge of first-degree manslaughter for both deaths and was sentenced to an indeterminate term with the max maximum of 25 years at Attica Correctional Facility. In November, he was transferred to Greenhaven Correctional Facility. Jefferson County District Attorney William McCluskey explained the plea bargain by stating that others, other than Stone Cross confession to police, there was no direct evidence linking him to the Blake killing. McCluskey also suggested Sean Cross could have argued a trial that was under extreme emotional disturbance, and a jury would have been likely to arrive at a verdict of manslaughter. After 14 years' imprisonment, inexperienced prison staff and social workers conclude that Sean Cross was no longer dangerous, disregarding the warden's uh, psychiatrics, who had assessed Sean Cross as schizo schizoid psychopath. He was released on parole in April 1982. That was the that was a horrible thing they could have done, because once somebody kills, they they're gonna get out of jail and always kill again. Shaw Cross had difficulty settling down as neighbors would protest his presence and employers would refuse to hire him. He first moved to Binghamton, New York, then relocated to Dalhai with a girlfriend, Rosemary Wally. When Dalhai residents became aware of Shaw Cross president presence. The couple moved to nearby Fishman's, only to be met with hostility there as well. In late June 1987, Sean Cross parole officer moved him and Wally into a transit hotel in Rochester, but failed to notify local authorities of his actions. In mid-October, Sean Cross and Wally found more permanent lodging at 241 Alexander Street in Rochester. In March 1988, Sean Cross began murdering again, primarily targeting sex workers in the Rochester area. Before his capture, less than two years later, he was convicted of 11 murders, but the 12th not officially ascribed to him. The victims were Dorothy Dotsie Blackburn, 27, witnessing March 18, 1988, discovered March 24, 1988. Anna Marie Stephan, age 28, disappeared July 9, 1988, discovered September 11, 1988. Dorothy Keller, 59, disappeared July 29, 1989, found October 21, 1989. Patricia Pat Ives, 25, 
went missing September 29, 1989, discovered October 27, 1989. June Stoke, age 30, disappeared October 23, 1989, was found November 23, 1989. Mary Walsh, 22, disappeared November 5, 1989, discovered January 5, 1990. Francis Fran Brown, 22, went missing November 11, 1989, discovered November 5th, 1989. Kimberly Loggins, 30, disappeared November 15th, 1989, discovered November 15th, 1989. Elizabeth Liz Gibson, 29, disappeared November 25th, 1989, discovered November 27th, 1989. Darlene Trippy, 32, disappeared December 15th, 1989, discovered January 5th, 1990. June, age 33, disappeared December 17th, 1989, discovered January 3rd, 1990. Felicia Stephens, 20, disappeared December 28th, 1989, discovered December 31st, 1989. All the victims were murdered in Monroe County except for Gibson, who was killed in neighboring Wayne County. Retired Detective Robert Keppel have argued that the detectives investigating the case overreeled on the concept of modus operandi at times searching for multiple suspects due to small differences in the profiles of each victim. On January 5, 1990, two days after, June, after June, June's body was discovered by surveillance Police arrested Shawcross. He had been spotted with an eyewitness and a police surveillance team standing near his car, apparently urinating on a bridge over Salem Creek near where her body has been dumped. On November 1990, Shawcross was tried by Monroe County First District Assistant District Attorney Charles J. Sergeris for the 10 murders in the Monroe County. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, which testimony from forensic psychiatrist Dorothy Lewis that he had brain damage, multiple personality disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder and had been sexually abused as a child. Lewis also claimed that Shawcross moved into a separate internal personality named Betsy when he killed, arguing for him to be institutionalized rather than being returned to the prison system. So they're trying to say that his personality was his mom because his mom's nickname was Betsy. So they're trying to say that this personality was his mom taking over and it's basically his mom's fault because he's out here killing because she messed him up because he was sexually abused by his mom and his sister. I'm, I'm guessing. In response to the, to the defense's claim, that Shawcross' actions were the product of post-traumatic stress disorder resulting from his war service. FBI criminal profiler Robert reviewed the claim on behalf of the prosecutors before the trial. Robert wrote that Sean Cross's claim of having witnessed wartime was patently outrageous and untrue. Prosecution psychiatrist Dr. Park Diets testified that Sean Cross had antisocial personality disorder. It was later determined that Sean Cross had a cyst pressing on the temporal lobe of his brain, as well as scarring on his frontal lobe, areas that are responsible for decision-making and self-control. So there you have it. 
Shaw Cross was held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York, where he was held until his death. In 2003, Sean Cross was interviewed by British reporter Catherine English for a documentary on cannibalism. He bragged about slicing out and eating the three victims, but refused to discuss his early claim of eating the genitals of his first victim, Jack Blake. Officials said 63-year-old Sean Cross complained of a pain in his leg on the afternoon of November 10, 2008, his date of death. He was taken to Albany medical center where he spent where he went into cardiac arrest and died shortly thereafter he was pronounced dead at 9 50 p.m so for this for this man to literally be married three times have a child i believe does he have a child uh i don't think so i think he did but i'm not sure Oh, yeah, he did. He has a child that he has nothing to do with. He spent majority of his life from May 7th, 1972 to December 28th, 1989, just killing people. He was convicted of arson, burglary, manslaughter, second degree murder. He was convicted of life imprisonment without parole or a term amounting to 250 years. So either way... He was gonna die anyway in jail, whether it was natural causes or whether it was just spending too much time in jail on, you know, just locked up in jail. So I know that was completely a lot to take in and, you know, I'm gonna just let you let this sink in and hopefully you guys join me next week as we uncover the gruesome and terrible minds of another unknown serial killer. Like I tell you guys, be nice to people because you never, ever, ever know who they are going to kill or who they killed. See you guys next week.